Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Is the tide turning on soft, on crime district attorneys around the country. Do you think that people have had enough? That people are saying, this is it. We are not going to take it anymore. We are going to take back the streets and we're going to make them safe streets. A lot of this is coming specifically because Alvin Bragg, probably one of the most soft on crime DAs in the country, who put out his very controversial memo saying on day one he's not going to prosecute gun crimes as felonies. That was, like, unbelievable. He has still maintained that resisting arrest is basically not a prosecutorial offense. That is outrageous. That's definitely still given a green light to criminals and bad guys to say, oh, I don't have to worry if a cop comes and stops me. I don't have to do anything. But the good news is, despite all of this bad news, the good news is, that Alvin Bragg seems like he got a little bit of a wake-up call. And I'm happy to hear that because this guy, along with Gascon in Los Angeles and, of course, the soft-on-crime DA that's in Philly and also in San Francisco and so many of our great major cities across the country, including Alvin Bragg in New York, at least people are speaking out. There's now a second recall, by the way, underway for Gascon in Los Angeles. And that's great news because they have to basically get about a half a million people to sign this petition, and then they can get an official recall, sort of like what they did with Gavin Newsom. Remember, it did not pass, um, but they did at least make it to where they could do a recall vote. And a similar thing could happen in the case of Gascon because these DAs across the country are elected. I want to know who are these loony kazoonies who are electing these people? They're either out of their mind and are now seeing, boy, the repercussions of these soft-on-crime DAs, all George Soros back, most of them. But also, I also think this has been a wake-up call because so many people, you know, when we go to the voting booth, you see, oh, here's this judge, here's this DA, and maybe you're going in there because you're picking a particular congressperson or a particular councilman or president or, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, it depends what the time is, whether it's, you know, a, a full election year, whether it's a midterm Many different things. And sometimes you just kind of go, okay, well, I'm just going to check off these names that are here on the list or these are the people that are running and I'm just going to mark them off. And you don't really pay a lot of attention to who exactly you are voting for. And so for me, I think this has been an enormous wake up call to the general public because there's been so much attention. I can't remember when I've talked about district attorneys this much in my life, honestly. Because I think there has been such a phenomenal outpouring of outrage in a great way. Because it has been just shocking 
to the degree that at a time where crime is escalating around the country, in New York, for example, up 38% overall crime, ambushes against cops are at like 300%. So between all of these things, I just find it absolutely imperative to call out these soft on crime DAs and also in addition to this, these loony kazoonies that are still suggesting defund the police. To me, this is outrageous. And I just think these defund the policers, mostly a lot of these members of the squad, that many of them continuing that rhetoric. Many of these highly progressive people who just seem to continue the message that the police are the bad guys, that they're racist, that they're doing this. You know, what does it take? You have so many officers that have lost their lives. Just think about in the last, you know, last month in January across the country, you know, because they were doing their jobs trying to help the community. And it's happening in communities around the country. And they're all repeat offenders. That's mostly the common thread here. I think 99% have basically been repeat offenders. And if you look at the writing on the wall, they never should have been out. And the common thread is they went before a prosecutor who said, oh, I'm going to give this guy a chance. I'm going to give this gal a chance. You know, yeah, maybe they committed a whole bunch of crimes, very brutal, very, you know, felonious violence, all this stuff. But I'm going to just give them misdemeanors. I'm going to let them walk. And so I think maybe this is a turning point now, or at least there's a crack in it. And I'm happy to see that a crack has come. It is a long time coming, and it shouldn't take the loss of lives of all of our great, brave men and women in blue. It shouldn't take the frustration. It shouldn't take all the headlines that have happened around the country. But I'm happy to see that soft on crime Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, who I think represents so many of these soft on crime DAs across the country, had to come out today and say that he's basically reversed a pair of some of his most controversial policies. He had to put it in writing in a new memo because his day one memo caused so much outrage that on his first day, he basically said, okay, here are the things that I'm not going to prosecute for. Here are the things that I'm going to reduce the crimes on. I mean, to me, that is outrageous. And I'm so happy that even Democrats are saying enough. And case in point, We interviewed yesterday Eric Adams, the New York City mayor, who is a Democrat. But remember, he's a former captain of the NYPD. He was at the funerals for the cops in New York City recently. He understands the job of a cop. And even though he's in the same party as Alvin Bragg, he at least has spoken out and said, enough of that. He said, I can't take it anymore. I am not going to have a city of lawlessness. If he wants to be successful, if New York or major cities across the country are going to be successful, they got to be candid. They can't be tying this, like, trying to kowtow to these loony progressives. And so I was really happy that when I spoke with uh, Eric Adams last night, this is what he had to say about the revolving door of criminals. Take a listen. We are in a city and a country where consequences must uh, go with inappropriate actions. And we've created in these last few years uh, in the country in general, but specifically in New York, uh, that uh, there is uh, no appropriate response to bad behavior. And I was happy to hear that he said, yes, there has to be tough action. And then remember, I don't for those of you that listen to it, by the way, it's been making lots of headlines around the country today. 
uh, because Eric Adams talked about his meeting with Cuomo, but he also talked about getting tough on crime. And he also basically said, yeah, I have been trying to at least trying to say something to Alvin Bragg. Now, listen, he's got a fine line because they're both still separately elected. He doesn't oversee Alvin Bragg. Uh, but I kept coming at him and saying, what are you going to do with Alvin Bragg? Have you had meetings with him? What did you say to him? Can't you get this guy to get a wake-up call that cities like New York and others are falling apart across the country? And a lot of it's thanks to these soft-on-crime DAs. And this is what Eric Adams said about his conversation with Alvin Bragg. I've had conversations with DA Bragg, and, you know, I never revealed private conversations. Uh, but I believe we're going to work together uh, specifically to deal with gun violence and look at some of these other cases that's leading to the state of disorder in our city. Thank goodness. Now, he didn't say much more. I kept coming back at him. And there's a lot of reasons to ask about Alvin Bragg. And there's a lot of reasons he has been sort of the poster boy for bad behavior for DAs and their soft on crime policies. Because take a listen. This is what Alvin Bragg said not that long ago, soon after he took office. It was literally within days he did an interview with Eric Sean on Fox News. Take a listen. This is like the definition. Remember, Clinton, the definition of is is. Uh, I'm not sure. Did I really have any relationship with Monica Lewinsky? That blue dress uh, is is. I'm not really sure. Listen to how he parses the word on what a criminal is. Would these policies give criminals a green light? No. I mean, it, it, I guess it depends upon your definition of a criminal. Uh, and for all too long, we've kind of dealt with this othering of, you know, anyone we put in jail is a, a criminal. Well, you know what? We're putting in jail homeless people who um, uh, literally, in one example, use one counterfeit bill to buy food and toothpaste. Uh, got a sentence of four to eight years. So if, if that's your definition of a criminal, uh, I, I suggest we need to really reorder ourselves i suggest we need to reorder ourselves well you know what it looks like he got some sort of an epiphany because he came out and this is stunning can you imagine at a time right now 2022 where crime is skyrocketing across the country all different types of crime in you know in new york for auto theft grand theft auto it's more than 90% increase year to date. That's a stunning. We're not talking 1%, 2%, 9%, 0% %. And so Alvin Bragg, the soft on crime DA, like many others across the country, well, finally, there is again, as I said, a little bit of a break. He came out and essentially said that anybody who holds up a store or a business with a firearm will be charged as a felony whether or not the gun is operable, loaded, or a realistic imitation. The default in gun cases is a prosecution. Now, part of this, again, is because it's all about guns, guns, guns with the Democrats. But the fact that he actually came out and essentially said, no, 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 it will be a felony. He's still sort of trying to have it both ways and changing some of the things about whether it's a knife, that it will be reviewed, but that we'll look at that. But the head of NYPD's largest union, who last month said that cops don't want to be sent out to enforce laws that the district attorneys won't prosecute, said that this is long, long overdue. And he questions 
the veracity of Alvin Bragg. Is he just also bowing to politics because everybody is blasting him? Because anybody with half a brain in their head would know that you can't go soft on criminals anytime, let alone a time where crime is skyrocketing across the country. Here is what Paul DiGiacomo, he is president of the Detectives Endowment Association, had to say about Alvin Bragg's new epiphany. Well, uh, actions speak louder than words. The follow-up memo, uh, the criminals are not looking at. The first memo is what they looked at. The first memo is what they looked at. That is for sure. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael in Virginia Beach real quick. Mike, your thoughts. Well, that's quite a harangue you put on there, um, Rita. But uh, What do you mean a harangue? It's more than a harangue. It's It's actually, I'm just speaking, I think, not just for myself, but I think for millions of Americans who are fed up, Michael. What, what's Where's the harangue? Well, I mean, you really did browbeat uh, the mayor of New York in your interview with him. Uh, but I'm not going to be browbeaten. Uh, yeah, well, let's, well let's, and by the way, by the way, I wasn't browbeating. I was asking honest, genuine questions that concerned citizens of New York want to ask. And that's what a journalist's job is. I'm not supposed to ask him what flavor ice cream he's had. Do you want me to treat him like uh, Joe Biden and ask him if he likes chocolate or vanilla or strawberry? Well, 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 let me just break down some of the false assumptions you poured out here, so many of them. Uh, well, let's start with uh, street crime. Is it street crime in, in your mind when a no-knock warrant uh, results in a person uh, half asleep being shot in bed because they don't know who the world has broken to their house. And are you also against the protests which arise out of this basic violation of constitutional rights that a man's house is his castle? And even Moses wouldn't allow anything so outrageous as a well, no, Michael, Michael, warrant. Michael, first of all, you got great delivery there. You really need to go to acting school. That's great. But here, let me at least straighten you out because I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about that case of the police officer, uh, the female officer, if I recall. I remember when there was that no knock warrant and they came to the house. Um, first off, um, obviously, you need to listen to my show more, Michael, because I, I love your call, by the way. I love hearing everybody of different opinions. I thought when that happened that that was overreaching. Um, and I thought that, you know, obviously coming into the house with the no-knock warrant, um, you know, her being killed, there were a lot of questions there. So I actually agree with you that there were some issues there. On the other hand, they were going to apparently uh, serve a warrant on a drug dealer and it had ties to the house. So it wasn't like they were just like, oh, let's just and and apparently that person opened fire on police, too. Granted, you could say in the height of the moment, if somebody's coming into your house, you're scared, no knock warrant. There are a lot of questions there. And also remember, some of the bullets actually flew. I think it wasn't into another location nearby. So there's a lot of layers. There's a lot of layers to it. And even if he may have fired first, if I believe I know that they also contended, well, because it was a no-knock warrant, they didn't know somebody was coming in. They thought somebody was breaking in. So there was a lot of confusion there. So, Michael, to enlighten you on how I feel about that, I actually think there's some serious questions there. Um, And in the case of the woman, remember, who tased, uh, who said she was going to tase the guy 
um, that particular case that happened outside of Minneapolis and that one, I came out and said she was wrong. The jury threw the book at her. And I actually think she overreached. She made a huge mistake. She was supposed to be carrying out a taser to get the guy to stop him. And instead, she brought out a gun. And I came right out and said, you know what? I thought that crossed the line. That was a deadly mistake. And it was something that she should pay for. It was a wrong mistake. So, Michael, you'll be surprised to know that I'm actually fair. And just because you're listening to these few minutes and you don't agree with it, you got to listen more. But I love your call, and I love calls like Michael all the time, guys. Michael, thank you very much. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about soft on crime DA Alvin Bragg changing slightly his wording. Basically forced to put out a message today saying that if you have a gun, whether it's active or not, and you show up at a robbery, it will indeed be a felony. Isn't that staggering that he had to clarify that? That is a stunning, stunning thing that he actually puts it in writing that he has to say it. You would think it's a given. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael in New Jersey. Go ahead, Mike. Your thoughts about all this. Yeah, hi. Um, talking about the uh, no-knock warrant. A uh, In order for a, a no-knock warrant to be effective, the DA and the police department have to get the approval of a judge. Yes. They have to show to the judge that there is sufficient evidence to prove that that apartment or that house is a, a crime scene or the person that they're uh, looking to apprehend is uh, using that as a domicile. Absolutely. And by the way, Michael, in the case of, uh, I believe it was Brianna Taylor in Kentucky, they did have a no-knock warrant, just as you said, it went through a judge and everything else. And the reason they had that address was because of her prior association with a suspect in a drug case. Of course, nobody expected it to end the way it did. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And tonight in our Back the Blue segment, a member of the Westboro, Massachusetts Police Department, right near Boston, is being credited for saving a baby's life after the child stopped breathing earlier this week. It happened around 6.30 p.m. and a 911 caller reached the dispatch. But due to a language barrier, the communications center was struggling to understand what the emergency was. Can you imagine that? While on the phone with dispatch, the caller began driving toward the Westboro Fire Department headquarters, hoping to get help for his baby, who at that point was not breathing. Officer John Sweeney was working traffic detail when he heard the call on his radio. He saw the man running toward him while holding his baby, who was blue already. Sweeney took the baby. He performed back blows. And a short time later, 
the baby started breathing again and is said to be doing very well. Westboro police said that Sweeney has only been with the department for just a few months. And this was the second life that he saved last month. He saved a man using the Heimlich maneuver. So bravo to Officer Sweeney, who has now saved two lives in just such a short period of time. Well, I have always been such a big believer in protecting the victims and standing up for, you know, safety and freedom. And when I see these guys uh, like Alvin Bragg and other DAs across the country, uh, I just feel that they do not understand how serious crime is. They don't understand uh, that they are sympathizing often with the criminal. And this is a little bit of Alvin Bragg. Listen to how he's talking. Basically, it's all about helping the criminal get his life together. What about the victim and their family? We've all seen the story of the person who's uh, on their eighth arrest, and people say, well, how'd this happen? How'd that assault happen? Well, there were seven prior times with that person struggling with addiction or mental health. We didn't connect that person to services. This is going to make us safer. It's intuitive. It's common sense. I don't understand uh, the pushback. I don't understand the pushback. Maybe because you are so out of whack and putting so many people in danger with your policies. And again, in the last few hours... Alvin Bragg, because of this massive outcry and so many headlines against him coming out and, quote, clarifying his day one memo, essentially saying, you know, that, well, now if somebody has a gun, it actually will be a felony. I I mean, it's amazing that it took public outcry and massive push for him to somehow find that epiphany that seems like basic crime fighting to all of us. And it was definitely basic crime fighting to Eric Adams, who's the new mayor of New York, who met yesterday with President Biden. This is what Eric Adams told us in our interview yesterday. Criminals are extremely smart in how they stay attuned in new laws and procedures more than we do. And so That's true. I think it's imperative that we send the right message. And I, I, I am encouraged, uh, based on the meeting that we had, that we were sending the right message to keep the city safe. Well, listen, I'm glad that he spoke to him, and clearly Alvin Bragg got the word from a lot of different directions and somehow is slightly changing his tune. I'll say at least it's a step in the right direction for safety in America. one 800 848 and you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Alice in Cincinnati. Alice, your thoughts about all this? Hi, Rita. Uh, Alvin Bragg is being mentioned by name locally as the prosecutor we don't want here. And and we hear his name a lot. And another thing, these campaigns are being funded by George Soros and his ilk. And what he's doing in the funding is being done legally. So voters have to become more savvy and start looking into campaign funding. Is it the Tides Foundation, Open Cities Foundation? Absolutely. By the way, you hit it on the head, Alice. You you are so right that voters, first of all, need to be savvy. And you're right. Look at where the funding is. I mean, I think if there's any silver lining to what's been happening of late is that now there is such a bigger awareness that, like you said, there you are in Cincinnati and people have heard the name Alvin Bragg and, and people know the name George Gascon and they know the name of some of these others. And just as you That's said, right. all the funding, all the ties go to George Soros. It's time to really call it out, don't you think, Alice? And then also their political opponents can point out 
who is uh, who is funding their their opponent's campaign. No one wants no one wants a George Soros person in office. Absolutely. It should be, you know what it should be, you know, you do sort of the stamp of approval. And Alice, thank you very much for the call. That's great. But you know, people put like, you know, approved by, it should be like uh, approved, unfortunately, by George Soros and funded by George Soros. And, you know, to Alice's point, it's enormous money that Soros is pumping in. I mean, this is not like some, you know, Johnny come lately. I mean, he's, you know, extremely successful and wealthy and using his funds um, when I say successful from a business standpoint, making a lot of money, and he puts millions upon millions of dollars. And Alvin Braggy put about a million bucks. It certainly helped get him elected because guess what? None of the other DAs really had tons of money coming in, the candidates. So suddenly one candidate gets a million bucks in a, a DA race. That that helps them big time. And then in Gascon's race, it was over $3 million dollars. Isn't that amazing? So guess what? Gascon was in a fairly competitive race, but suddenly when he got three million bucks from George Soros and promised that he would drop the death penalty, promised that he wouldn't, you know, do felonies, very similar to sort of Alvin Bragg, same sort of policy, uh, soft on crime all the way. Um, suddenly, you know, guess what? When you have three million bucks, you can do a lot in advertising. You can do a lot in this. And George Soros got his guy in. And that is really, really sad. But I think you hit it on the head, Alice. We need to be aware. We need to know what these people are doing, and we need to call them out. Uh, let's go to Robert in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Robert. Your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Thanks for taking the call. This uh, windbag brag, he's just blowing in the air, Rita. Just from experience and my knowledge in the legal system, he can fool the world, telling everybody he's going to go back and he's going to make things and charge people. Uh, as felonies, but in the long run, they're all going to get pled down during the plea bargaining process, and these people are all going to walk away in misdemeanors, and uh, out the door they go. Well, that's that's why, you know, Robert, the most important thing, and by the way, I'm going to steal your line and call them windbrag from now on. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, windbrag, right? What do you think? Um, But I think that your point is superb that we need to keep track of him and not just, you know, he puts it out there as like sort of semi spin out there in the media. And then we all go, okay, now we don't have to pay attention to Alvin Bragg. Um, People need to watch the court records and see what really happens. Like if it's not just all smoke and mirrors and, and it's, and by the way, and, 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 you know, Robert, I, I feel like you probably think the same way I do. I'm sitting here looking and I'm going, the fact that he actually had to come out and say, Hey, if you use a gun, it's going to be a felony in New York city. That's stunning. You know, that's like crime 101, you know, um, and it makes me wonder, like you just said, like, where will he not prosecute? Will he follow through? Will he think that people are going to move on to another story and not focus on him? And that's why every like court reporter has to focus on these DAs, especially now that he said it. Let's see if he holds them true. And then also let's find out what about all these other charges? You know, what about if you push somebody in a subway? What about, you know, the stabbings? Well, there's there's so many layers to this. Sadly, crime has been so pervasive. It's not just a, quote, gun crime, you know? So, I, I mean, there's a lot of layers here. And just like you said, we got to make sure that it's not just smoke and mirrors and we're not just buying a little press release now. And then uh, he goes back to his ways uh, because you're right. Uh, you know, it's like, a, what is it? A tiger doesn't change his stripes. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mary Beth in Huntington. Mary Beth, your thoughts about Bragg, Win Bragg, the new name. I love it. Win I love it too. That was a good great. one. 
<laughs> you know, Rita, I have to say George Soros must be in shock. He underestimated the courage and the decency of the American people. Look at Detective Rivera's beautiful, brave young widow calling out Bragg, not by name, but using his title at her husband's funeral. Yeah, that was powerful. Later, look at the sister of Detective Mora saying enough is enough. We, the decent people, you, a decent reporter and other decent reporters have had enough and are holding these people's feet to the fire. It's about time. I agree. By the way, I 1000% agree. It is about time. And we just have to make sure that we continue to hold their feet on the fire so they don't sort of like, you know, two two steps forward, you know, three steps back. You know, make sure that it goes through. Mary Beth, thank you. I love your passion and I love your appreciation for justice in this country. Thank you. Let's go to Mike in Yonkers. Go ahead, Mike, your thoughts. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. With, hello, Rita. We're talking about what kind of category of felonies because they all carry different kind of penalties. If you're talking about a D or an E felony, it could get dropped to a misdemeanor and thrown out. Yeah, no, that's that. See, you are absolutely correct. It could it could be on the face of it a felony. And you're right. Then he drops it down. That's why I say you can't just take this guy's word for it. And even what he's saying to me, Mike, this is not enough. You know, I'm sitting here looking at it going the fact that, you know, that, you know, it's crime fighting 101 that this would be a felony. You know, if I was a D.A., my felony list would be like the size of a book. You know, especially the way New York is right now. It would be like a three-volume book, you know? Rita, Rita, when Janine Pirro was uh, the prosecutor of Westchester County, she prosecuted felony cases, and they started at B felonies. You know, criminals can't get it busted down only to about a C felony, and it's still going to carry time. A D felony, an E felony, it'll go away within a year's time, and it'll get busted down, a mis- I mean, a misdemeanor to menacing or disorderly conduct and get thrown out. Remember, a gun charge, a D felony, I think in New York, only carries a year. So that's nothing to a criminal. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, Mike, you seem to have some experience here. Can I ask you why? Well, because I, I was with the crime wave years ago. I, I'm, I retired from it. I walked away from it. Wait, wait, wait. Can I ask you a question? What do you mean you were with the crime wave? Were you leading the crime wave, Mike? What What do you mean by that? I was big. I was big in the crime wave. I was really big in the crime wave. I was really making a lot of trouble out in Westchester. But well, can I, I say one thing? I'm happy to hear that you walked away from it. That's 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 the good news. Away because it's, I only walked away from it for one reason. Because it's not it's not right inside of God. God blesses me every day. So I got to do what's right, you know, for my family, for my country, for my, you know, for everybody. Wow. Hey, Mike, I have a question. Mike, I got it. I have a question. This is interesting because of your background. And I don't know your last name or, you know, whatever. Let me just ask you, as a former criminal, um, what do you think um, that how much is this kind of message from like a DA saying they're going to, you know, drop it down or, or, or not even bring it? I mean, imagine this guy was not even making it a felony at first, which is astounding, Mike. You know, I mean, talk about a free pass. Um, how much do you think you know it emboldens criminals like yourself? Like when you were when you were there, part of the crime wave, as you said, how much do you think it emboldens you? Well, if I, if I wasn't as smart and strong 
as I am and, and, and stand on determination and what's right, from what I just heard recently, I would have jumped back into the crime because it's like you giving an open pass to just go out there and do that. And I mean, it's really, it's really bad what's going on. It's really like really out of, out of control. And and all the criminals are laughing. They laughing at, they laughing at all the DAs. They are laughing at everybody. I mean, that's what's really going on. Unless you know what, you know what makes criminals not want to do do crime? Hard time. Sixteen, fifteen years past. I've been with criminals that did time like that. Wow, I did time like that. Well, and you know what? I I listen. I agree with you, but your insight is so important, Mike. And I I'm so glad you called. And I'm so glad, you know, your candor and also the message because they can't be soft on people who have done bad things. And also, bravo for you for turning your life around. And I hope a lot of people are listening and do the same thing, too. Mike, you're great. Thank you very much for calling. We appreciate it. And uh, thank you for your honesty, too. And uh, and I'm glad you're on the straight and narrow now because that is important. Thank you so much. When we come back, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about soft on crime DAs. And boy, was that an interesting call that we just got here into the show from someone who was a former criminal. Um, and he said that he's no longer a criminal. Thank goodness. That's good to hear. Uh, but he also said that these policies that he's hearing from Alvin Bragg would have absolutely inspired him to keep committing crime on a serious level because it was a free pass. Talking from a pro, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And this is a little bit from my interview yesterday with Eric Adams, the New York City mayor. He met with, remember, President Biden, um, and he said he was fed up and very, very concerned about crime in New York. And he said he knows he has a tough job ahead. New York City is a corporation. I'm the new CEO and as in any new CEO, you have to put your plan and programs in place to turn around a failing company. And that's what we're experiencing uh, right now. And it is. To say it is a failing company, New York City really is a mess. And so is Chicago. So is Detroit. There are a lot of cities around the country. Atlanta, we can go on and on and on. Well, a GOP Senate candidate for New York, Joe Pinion, was outside of Alvin Bragg, the DA's office today. And he said, listen, you can't just talk about, you know, criminals whatsoever. You got to focus also on the victims big time. And you also have to support our men and women in blue. You got to make sure that they have the resources and the tools and basically can go do these busts without being worried about being called into internal affairs or something like that. You got to have the support all the way from the top that our men and women in blue are not going to be restricted because if they hesitate, that could be deadly for any man or woman who is out there fighting crime. Take a listen. This is Joe Pinion today, again, outside the DA's office. The time has come for us to make sure that we empower those who raise their hand to keep watch over each and every one of us and to make sure that people can feel safe in their own skin and in their own communities. 
Bravo. And that's what people need to hear across this country. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to John in Hell's Kitchen. Go ahead, John, from Manhattan. Hey, Rita, how you doing? Um, Two points quickly. Number one, Brad, this is all a smokescreen with Brad. This is all a smokescreen because too much light. Second point, we have a mayor, and don't get too giddy, and this isn't being disrespectful, and don't get too charmed, who called New York City police officer crackers. What's a cracker, Rita? You're a long time smart. I've been fought. What is a cracker? A cracker to me is something you put jam or cheese on. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously, that is a very disparaging horrible phrase um and i think you know it's uh it's obviously a a very uh toxic phrase um that you're talking about um and it's nothing to be giddy about it's nothing to be whatever about that's a serious issue too and it's a serious issue if somebody calls somebody that on one side or on the other side i do not condone that and i don't support that um and i hope you don't either i hope that's not where you're going either 1-800-848-9222 let's go to brian in denver colorado go ahead Good evening, Rita. I uh, quickly uh, just want to uh, raise the, the uh, point that uh, for all the uh, talk about uh, justice and all of the uh, uh, justifiable uh, criticism of George Soros, the, the boogeyman, and, and Bragg, I think it's very important that any conservative, any, anybody that truly believes in justice, to recognize and act with the same vigor and vigilance in regards to all of the criminal DAs in this country and uh, the uh, majority of the country that isn't a liberal blue urban area where there are so many DAs who flagrantly run about of the law. I agree. By the way, uh, Brian, I ab. Absolutely agree. Thank you so much for calling in from Denver, Colorado. Real quick, let's go to Bob in Manhattan. Bob, go ahead. Hi, Rita. Uh, Bob from Manhattan. Uh, as a point of fact, I'm a detective supervisor, and I just wanted to uh, say thank you for pointing out that the crime problem in New York City is just not about guns, although that seems to be the hot topic right now. Um, more people seem to are, are absolutely victimized by uh, the crimes that strong-arm robberies, thefts, uh, you know, that, that have nothing to do with guns. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why when I hear them say guns, 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 I say go after thugs, thugs, thugs. We need thug control. That's what we need. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Welcome 
Well, the Olympics are underway, and I always actually love the Olympics. My father was a big athlete, and so for me, you know, so many memories of my childhood watching the Olympics. I try to watch them as much as I can, um, sometimes into the wee hours of the night, especially when they're overseas. But I have kind of a bad taste in my mouth because it's in China. And, and the fact that more Americans and also more American companies and the fact that our politicians who are supposed to be leaders and the Democratic Party that so frequently talks about human rights and violations. Remember when the Black Lives Matter folks were protesting in the streets? Oh, we have to remember human rights. We have to talk about that. What about being consistent? And now here it is in China. And of course, you've got the Uyghurs with these horrible, horrible slave labor camps that are taking place. And you don't really hear very much from the Democratic Party. The message is basically be quiet, athletes. Go over there. Shut up. Don't criticize the Chinese regime and come home and have a good time. I mean, to me, that is such the epitome of double standard. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, what you make of this sort of outrageous behavior and the such disgusting double standards that so many people in the Democratic Party are just willing to turn a blind eye because they're making money off of China. Whether it's, you know, even companies, you think about like the NBA, there's a lot of these other major companies, Nike, Coke, all these other ones. Why are some U.S. companies advertising in China, showcasing China, not just about human rights, of course, which is a huge issue, especially when you hear about what's happening with the Uyghurs. But what about them just even basically letting in investigators to maybe look at the Wuhan lab? I mean, that is astounding to me that so far nobody has been able to force China to allow inspectors to come. And that is like a basic 101. You think about like if there is a plane crash that happens anywhere, you know, in the world, but say something happens, a plane crash in America, NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board, is on a plane within minutes. They send somebody over there and they inspect it to give a full accounting. So there is an unbiased party that comes in and looks at it and says, hey, what happened here on the plane? What went wrong? What caused this horrible catastrophe? Well, call me crazy, but I feel like 900,000 now American lives, which is the new total that came out today, that's astounding. 900,000 American lives and millions around the world were lost due to the coronavirus. And if it's serious enough that lockdowns and sadly people lost their lives and all this tragedy that we've seen around the world. And for some reason, you know, Democrats are tiptoeing as to trying to go into China for even a basic investigation of what happened at the lab potentially or even the wet market. Let's look at everything. Let's get the truth to the American public. I mean, my goodness, it is so unbelievable that that has not happened. And how surreal is it? Fast forward now to the fact that now they have one of the most coveted opportunities in the world. They are hosting the Olympics. That is like the crown jewel where they get to showcase their country and show what a beautiful country it is for vacationing. Go see, you know, go see the wall. Go see this. Go see that. Don't go see the Uyghur camps, but go this. I mean, it's unbelievable that they have now an advertisement that's going to be lasting for weeks 
You know, I, and the opening ceremonies just started. And by the way, it was atrocious. They actually had somebody who was a Uyghur athlete, apparently up there, who was one of the athletes. I'm I'm happy that they were doing it, but I don't think they were doing it to say, oh, God, look, we're not, you know, it was all smoke and mirrors. They basically put that athlete there to say, oh, look, we're not hurting them. Meanwhile, they probably had a gun to his head when he was standing up there. We're not hurting him whatsoever. Look how much he loves us. He's here. Isn't that beautiful? There's no problem. There's nothing. Those pictures that we all saw with millions of people there that are being oppressed, don't worry about it. That's not true. I mean, to me, that is astounding, and it is utter hypocrisy. And how can we sit there and complain? And look at the NBA where they sit there and they have these games, and they have the you know the T-shirts, and they have the Black Lives Matter sneakers and all these other things, and yet they are silent about what's happening in China because they are making millions upon millions of dollars. And thank goodness there is one person, and it's Enes Cantor Freedom, He's one of the big basketball players, uh, Turkish descent, who has spoken out and seems to be one of the only people that has the guts to speak out against China. Take a listen. I mean, first of all, people need to understand this, and I say this over and over again. The Chinese Communist Party does not represent the Olympic core values of excellence, of respect, of friendship. The whole world knows now they are a brutal dictatorship and they engage in censorship they threaten freedoms, they do not respect human rights, and they hide the truth. And while we are talking right now, there's a genocide happening. And also, you know, people need to understand this, you know, especially athletes, they have a huge platform. So I feel like, you know, I wish one of them came out and said, you know, enough is enough, and I am not gone. Bravo, bravo, bravo. And then he commented on the thing that's making a lot of headlines. Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker, of course, you know, big leader in the Democratic Party, a third in line for the presidency under President Biden, if he still remembers he's president, and then Kamala Harris, and then next is House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who said she's running again. Um, there she is, and here's an opportunity. The world's watching, talking about the Olympics, and what does she do? She tells athletes to basically be quiet and be good little boys and girls when they go over there not to get China angry. Take a listen to what she said that is riling so many people up, including me. I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputations, to their families. What about having guts and courage? What about backing the athletes? What about sending a message saying, China, are you listening? The world is watching. If you touch one hair of one of our athletes, the wrath of America is going to come down on you and the world is going to come down on you and we'll show you for the charlatans that you are. What about that? And they have not said that. She just says, oh, be quiet. Just kind of, you know, hide in a corner and don't worry about be little good boys and girls. That is outrageous. By the way, coming up on the show in just about seven or eight minutes from now, we are going to have great Asia expert Gordon Chang, who is one of the foremost experts, of course, on China, knows what's really going on there with the Uyghurs, knows what's going on with so many of these issues. I can't wait to get his reaction to what Nancy Pelosi said and the fact that right now athletes who basically come, they got to come in like, 
like uh, the sort of nuclear, so, you know, the, the big suits, the space suits almost. It almost looks like they're astronauts. Um, they're being greeted by people like that. They're told to sit inside, stay inside, not use their phones because we know China is spying on them. They can't do anything. They can't say anything. I mean, should they even be going to the Olympics, period? Should America be supporting this? Well, Kevin McCarthy, congressman, had this to say about Nancy Pelosi's remarks, because he says he thinks there's a big ka-ching, 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 big money behind why she's telling the athletes to just shut up and take it. I would say to... To me, it's disgusting. She doesn't say that to any American athletes or anybody protesting in the streets. But think of what Nancy Pelosi has done. She first protected China from any investigations to the origin of COVID. More than 5.7 million people in the world have died and more than 900,000 Americans. Now she's trying to protect China from any American from showing any objection in China itself. It is disgusting. Let's go to your calls. Let's go to Norman in Brooklyn. Norman, should we boycott the Olympics and why? Go ahead, Norm. Your thoughts. Oh, oh, hell yeah. Uh, of course we should be boycotting it. I mean, they're committing genocide in China. Look, Rita, as a former, I, I competed in powerlifting, so I'm completely sympathetic to the limited time window frame an athlete has to capitalize on their career. But uh, our, our government needs needs to, to boycott these games. I mean, it's it's just... Uh, uh, they're uh, basically they're just uh, <laughs> I didn't have time to too much for this call Rita. Sell- uh, selling their so- by the way Norman I want to ask you because you just said that you were a, a Paralympic athlete um, you even no, no, feel no no no, no, no. A, a power lifter I could a be power lifter oh okay power lifter yeah. forgive me okay I didn't know that so but power lifter so <laughs> as an athlete a power lifter which is yeah. which is sure. impressive um, how much did you lift by the way uh, I had a 640-pound best squat in competition. I had a 615-pound wow. deadlift and a 418-pound bench press. But that's a long time ago. Rita. Oh, my God. All right, Norman, I'm hiring you as my bodyguard. I, it's a done deal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by, by the way, I wanna, but I want to ask you, even as an athlete, sure. do you believe that you even believe, even with all the effort that it takes to be at the Olympic level um, to get there, that you still think it's, uh, it should have been boycotted just for the sake of morality? Oh yeah, for the sake of morality, it should have been boycotted. We have we have boycotted games for for lesser things. In 1980, we boycotted the Moscow Games because of uh, because of um, the Russians' invasion of Afghanistan. And uh, you know, this, this, I think China's transgressions are much much greater than that. I agree. So, I agree, Norman. I absolutely agree. Great points, and uh, I'm glad to hear that uh, you are an awesome power lifter. You're a power caller too, as well. I love it. When we come back, everybody, we are going to talk to Asia expert Gordon Chang. You definitely want to stay tuned to get his take on all of this. And then I'll continue with your calls, 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel. And how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Uh, an unbelo- unbelievable moment happening right away at the Olympics. Again, just the opening ceremony starting really only a few hours ago. And there was an incredible moment where a Dutch reporter was literally dragged away by Chinese officials during an Olympics broadcast because he was reporting something they did not like. Talk about crazy censorship. I mean, he basically gets tackled in the middle of a report. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of it. We gaan naar China, naar onze correspondent Sjoerd Denda. Sjoerd, jij staat vlakbij het stadion. Wat gaat China de komende uren laten zien? Ja. Ja, we worden hier inmiddels gemerkt het al weggetrokken. We zijn het ook al bij een ander gebied weggezet. Dus ik vrees dat wij later even bij je moeten terugkomen. It was like, uh, wow! You know, and you watch the guy, he's like literally in the middle of just a report saying, here's what's going on. And you see this Chinese guy coming out of nowhere and literally tackling the reporter. So talk about going after freedom of speech. And, of course, from what we know of what's been going on in China with the Uyghurs and so much more, there are so many issues here. So should we be boycotting the Olympics? Viewers, companies, and athletes. And what about Nancy Pelosi and her crazy comments saying athletes don't say a word? Joining us now is someone who knows China very, very well, uh, the top Asia expert out there, Gordon Chang. His Twitter, by the way, everybody, is Gordon C. Chang, and also he is with the London Center for Policy Research. Gordon, great to have you back here on the show as always. Well, thank you so much, Rita. You know, what is your reaction, first off, uh, to the fact that Nancy Pelosi came out? I couldn't believe this. Here she is, the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, and she's telling athletes, don't say a word, go over there, be nice to China. I, I mean, it's like shocking that she has been so docile and afraid to anger China that, you know, talk about making us look subservient to the world. I think that what she was trying to do, and it didn't come out this way, but I think what she was trying to do was just to protect the athletes because she knew that China would be extremely coercive for athletes who did speak out. But it didn't come out that way. And that's the problem. It sounded as if, as you said, that she was uh, actually intimidated by Beijing. A lot of people are also talking about some ties that she has had to Beijing, Um, her and her family, you know, and her husband. Um, The other thing that has also come out is obviously this is in the heels of where are the Democrats coming out and saying, you know, uh, what about the human rights abuses, which I want to have you showcase to folks now of what's really going on there in China, Gordon Chang, because, you know, boy, they wouldn't stop talking about human rights when Black Lives Matter was protesting in the streets of America not that long ago. Um, and now suddenly it's China and they don't even say a word. And the atrocities are unspeakable of what's going on over there. Yes, she has gone on a long, strange journey. You know, if we go back 20 years, she was great on China. She was great on China when nobody else was. She unfurled the banner in Tiananmen Square. But because of President Trump, she then decided, well, um, she couldn't agree with anything that Trump said on China, even though it was 100 percent right. So she ended up on the wrong side of the issue. And as you point out, she's been quiet on, on China human rights, even though she's got a sterling record beforehand. This is just a story of how her views about our enemy were warped. Um, They were warped by domestic uh, politics. 
And shame on her for that. Absolutely. Tell us what's been going on over in China. I mean, especially in terms of free speech. Um, the moment that I just was playing of this Dutch reporter, uh, Gordon, who literally just got like tackled. It looked like Joe Namath came in, you know, from the corner and tackled him because he was saying something that the Chinese, you know, censors didn't like. Um, what are the repercussions from people who speak out there? And the other thing I think of, too, Gordon, there was a scene that we saw just a few hours ago. It was a Uyghur, basically, athlete up there. And everybody thinks, boy, how, like, you know, talk about, like, uh, oh, I'm fine. You know, meanwhile, he probably has a gun to the back of his head that we just can't see. Yeah, the Dutch reporter, and you can see this on Twitter and other places, it really is, it's horrifying because it, that shows really what the Chinese think, that they can do whatever they want. And, and they think that way because, for instance, the United States has allowed its athletes to participate. Uh, you know, we've turned our back on the atrocities because um, we're talking, you know, people say abuses or alleged abuses. Well, no, this is genocide. These are crimes against humanity. These are atrocities. These are atrocities that are comparable to those of the Third Reich prior to the mass exterminations that began in 1941. And let's remember, China is killing people in those camps. Um, We know that because they built a crematoria between two of these Uyghur detention camps. So, you know, this is the worst of humanity. And, And yet, we go to Beijing and celebrate the Olympics, you know, the hashtag stronger together, which is their motto. This really is horrific. It is. And, um, and that's- do me a favor. Actually, hold that thought if you could. Um, we're going to come back with you, Gordon, right after the break. And I want to ask you about Rand Paul, everybody, who is promising an investigation of Fauci if Republicans take to the Senate and why we need to get answers from China on that. Um, Gordon Chang, the great Asia expert, is going to continue with us after the break here on The Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, honoring World Wars II, first all-black female battalion. This week, Congress reported that they gained more support for the required supermajority numbers which are needed to award the 6888 Central Post Directory Battalion the Congressional Gold Medal. This was the first all-black female unit that was deployed during World War II. They face discrimination, sexism, and horrendous working conditions. And in February 1945, 77 years ago, a ship set sail for Birmingham, England, carrying almost 900 black women to sort the mail for the 7 million Americans fighting in the war. The women were sent to Europe to sort the mail that was stacked to the top of the barracks. And while bombs dropped around them, They worked three shifts a day, seven days a week. And beautiful to see that it looks like they will soon be receiving the beautiful Congressional Gold Medal for their efforts during the war. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Well, we are talking about what's been going on in China. Again, of course, with the launch of the Olympics, the opening ceremonies taking place today. And in the midst of this, not only have we been talking about the human rights violations and so forth, what about getting answers about the origins of the coronavirus? They are still blocking inspectors from coming in, which is outrageous. 
Even they won't even reply to the WHO, which, boy, has been pretty soft on China. Those guys are like the U.N. They don't say anything. Those guys are like, oh, OK, whatever. And they won't even answer them, let alone the American public. And now that we have heard today a very grim milestone with U.S. deaths topping over 900,000 for the coronavirus. What a somber number. And millions around the world. Don't you think we deserve answers? Well, Rand Paul made a vow that if he basically and part of everybody else in the GOP side, if they can flip the upper chamber, the Senate, uh, that would make him essentially probably the chairman of the Senate Health Committee, which is an important committee. And he made a vow uh, that he would go after Fauci, if so, to get some answers. And he said one of the reasons is he still believes that Fauci is not telling the truth. Take a listen. Our funding went to gain-of-function research, similar type of research. Did it actually fund the development of COVID? We'll never know, but money's fungible. It was going to the lab that I think created this, and the thing is, is Fauci lied from the very beginning. At first, he tried to say no money went there, and then when he was caught red-handed that it went through EcoHealth Alliance, then he said, well, yeah, it went there, but it didn't go to gain-of-function because this is technically not gain-of-function, and no one believed him. Many of the scientific critics that have been out there said absolutely he was lying and that it was gain of function. And he tried to weasel out of it and still is. And Senator Rand Paul made a vow again that if the Republicans take the Senate, this is what will happen to the good old Dr. Fauci. If we win in November, if I'm chairman of a committee, if I have subpoena power, we'll go after every one of his records. Those scientists will all come in. We'll have an investigator go through this piece by piece because We don't need this to happen again. And, of course, we still don't know answers about the origin. And there the Olympics are showcasing all the athletes all over the world. Rah, rah, rah. Come visit the Great Wall. Come enjoy yourself in China. Just don't go to Wuhan. 1-800-848-9222. And joining us now to talk about all of this, we continue with Asia expert Gordon Chang. Again, his Twitter handle is Gordon C. Chang, and he's with the London Center for Policy Research Gordon, what is your thoughts of the fact that here it is? I can't believe that we have still not gotten even a single inspector, basically, into China to look at this, that we haven't gotten answers as to what really happened with the coronavirus in China. Was it the lab, uh, as many suspect? Was it, you know, even the wet market? Let's look at the cave. You know, let's let's check everything there. And yet here they are parading with the athletes and the world is watching the Olympics and we don't have even like basic inspectors able to go into them after all this time on on a virus that has been the most deadly in modern times? It's astounding. Yeah, and what's also astounding, Rita, is that President Biden is just not curious about a disease that has killed almost 900,000 Americans. And we know that China deliberately spread this beyond their borders, and Biden doesn't want to ask questions. I think it's because he believes that China's uh, help is essential on climate change. I don't know what's going on in his mind, but the point is that regardless of what he thinks about uh, Beijing, they've killed 900,000 Americans. And Biden's first duty is to protect us from foreign attack. He has utterly failed to do that. That's disregard of his duty, a dereliction of it. He shouldn't be president. Yeah, it is astounding Gordon Chang, we're talking to the the great Asia scholar and expert, 
Gordon Chang. Um, you know, Gordon, as I, I sit and listen to you, it is amazing that President Biden has had all these opportunities and he, it's his good friend, Xi Jinping, you know, over there that he's said, you know, in the past in China. And yet when he's talked to him, he hasn't said anything. He did. By the way, did you see that in the recent press conference where a reporter asked him, how have you asked about transparency with the virus? And he kind of slipped out somehow and said something like, yeah, I did ask about transparency. And they said, well, why wasn't that in the readout by your staff? How come that was never brought up? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I did kind of ask him. And first of all, he sounded, first of all, so tepid on it. Second of all, I really doubt that he even did because it wasn't in the transcripts. Nobody who was part of that call even brought it up that he even brought it up, you know. Um, so why why the dance? Like you just said, maybe it's climate change. But how dare we be now showcasing, you know, China as like the great tourism destination and we can't even get a basic inspector there and we don't have an American president that has the guts to kind of push for it. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And the reason, you know, we have these athletes there, um, you know, is the Olympics, but China is using that opportunity to take their DNA because they're taking all these COVID tests and with their DNA, they're building profiles of the American population. Matter of fact, the largest collection of DNA profiles of Americans is in China. And the reason why this is important is because Chinese military researchers for more than a half decade, have been talking about, quote, specific ethnic genetic attacks. In other words, attacks re- using pathogens that will leave the Chinese alone, but sicken and kill everybody else. China needs our DNA to develop those types of microbes. And that's what they're doing right now in China. They're swabbing all these American athletes and other athletes almost daily for COVID-19, and they're p- collecting their DNA. That is astounding when you say that. That really, really is astounding. Um, What are your thoughts um, in terms of the fact that athletes and and these companies have been so quiet about, you know, the Olympics in terms of boycotting the Olympics? You know, why why, why is it all financial gain and, and this double standard of where I brought up, Gordon, that they couldn't wait to speak out? You know, when it was a Black Lives Matter protest, you know, and and talk about human rights and talk about how terrible America was. And yet look at what's going on there in China. And they're not saying a word. Yeah, they're not saying a word because they think they can make money there. They know that the Chinese government is coercive. They know that our government is not coercive. So they do this. And, you know, you talk about Apple and Nike, which have this habit of lecturing the American people on social justice and equality and all of that. And yet they are taking advantage of Uyghur slave labor. In other words, they're having their products made by slaves of an ethnic minority. I mean, this is just a a racial minority. This is horrific. And we know that uh, Apple lobbied against the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act, which thank God, um, passed. But we also know that the Biden administration lobbied against the bill as well. You know, fortunately, Biden eventually had the idea that he should sign it. But that was because in the Senate, it was unanimously passed. In the House, there was only one dissenter who was a Republican, by the way. But the point is, this passed both houses of Congress with veto-proof majorities. So Biden had to sign it. But he didn't want to sign it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Before I let you go, there's a report to uh, Gordon Chang that China's foreign ministry has accused the U.S. of planning to disrupt the Olympics by paying athletes, according to China, to underperform during the games just so the U.S. can supposedly criticize China and make the country look bad. If this is not like 
uh, PR spin or what? Yeah, I mean, and there's also a similar allegation that we have paid athletes to um, voice human rights concerns during the games. There's no proof for this. This is not something that the Biden administration would ever think of doing. No administration would think of doing that. So I think that essentially this is, again, just the Chinese lying, lying, lying. Absolutely. Um, Well, Gordon Chang, I always love you being here on the show. Thank you for being up late, too. It's really, really wonderful to have you here. And thank you, Gordon, for all you do. The great, I think the best Asia expert out there, Gordon Chang. And again, go to Gordon C. Chang on his Twitter. Thank you, Gordon, so much. Thank you. Thank you, Rita. I really appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. Have a great weekend. Thank you. And let's continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Robert in Philadelphia. Robert, uh, what do you make of Nancy Pelosi's comments especially? Well, I have to say, when I heard her say ruthless and coming after your families and your reputations, I wasn't sure she was talking about the CCP or the DNC. (laughs) Yeah, they're right. Three initials for both. (laughs) And not only that, but both are guilty of it in in many ways as far as shutting down speech. But real quick, um, the emerging consensus, because I tend to look into things very deeply, is that this uh, the Wuhan virus did start in nature, but it was weaponized in a lab i.e. adapted to human beings, that's gain of function, that's going to fall on Fauci. And it's a shame that we have to wait for Republicans to take control before we can get the truth. Yeah, is it a shame? It is a shame. Robert, thank you. You're absolutely right. It is a shame that it is taking a change of Congress and, you know, deaths of 900,000 Americans now, the new number, that should be Nonpartisan. I mean, where do politics come into that? That should be a no-brainer that either side would want to get to the bottom of it. And the fact that the Democrats have been resisting sort of any investigation and anytime anybody criticizes Fauci, it's like, oh, don't criticize science. You know, don't touch uh, Fauci. Fabulous Fauci. FF, you know, don't do it. Um, you know, don't don't even ask any questions there. Don't go. Don't worry about the Wuhan lab. Let's just move on. Are, are you kidding me? It's the worst virus that has shut down, that has devastated the U.S. economy. Think about all the kids that have been locked. I mean, everything. Think about the damage, all the repercussions that have happened to people of all ages as a result of this virus in America and in the world. And, you know, to be able to sit there and not get an answer from them and act like, oh, no big deal. Uh, I mean, that it, that's scary stuff. And also what Gordon Chang was just saying, that was amazing that they are actually collecting DNA profiles um, and the way they're getting it is the athletes, when they come there, isn't this amazing? They're trying, oh, we are the best COVID place is what they're claiming, right? So they're claiming that when the athletes come, they have to do daily COVID tests. They have to do a test when they land. They have to continue doing tests. And what Gordon Chang is saying is that the ulterior motive of that is not to really protect the athletes or anybody else, that really the objective is to get their DNA profiles to somehow use it for weaponization at some point. Boy, is that wild stuff. And boy, is that scary stuff. And if you look at the track record of them, I wouldn't be surprised. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Jim. Communist China also collects that genetic material. When you send in a swab to do your background, your family your genetics tra- tracing, they get it there like by the millions. But I have a publication yep. to be interested in. Yep. And by the, by, the, by the way, by the way, Jim, before you get to that, and I will let you do it. 
um, you know, some of these groups like you're talking about, I think it's like Ancestry.com. Um, you yeah, send, up, yeah. exactly. And, and, and there were a lot of stories about this that you send in, you know, you, oh, I'm looking for my long lost relative Tilly in West Virginia, you know, or in California. And now they do a DNA swab. That's how they, it's amazing how they can track some of that. I've, you know, I've had friends who've done it and they say, wow, it's amazing. But then they are able to use that information and they sell it to places like China and elsewhere who right. now have a DNO. It's amazing. Uh, and, and go ahead. Sorry, Jimmy, I interrupted you. Okay. I have a publication, Human Rights in China. This is from the Information Office of the State Council. You mentioned the Uyghur walking with the flag. It says here, the Chinese communists write, the state always pays close attention to training cadres from a, among people of minority, nas- minority nationalities. In another section, the communists talk about being part of the World Peace Council and World Council of Churches. Both of those are KGB operations. Then it says uh, to talk about the Chinese Muslims have never stopped their pilgrimages to Mecca. So you see how the they work just like here. The communists work among every group, every section. Let me now the Olympic thing. I put it on a little while ago. Yeah, real quick, Jim. Real quick, Jim. Uh, before they had the head of the uh, Olympic Committee speak, they had a Chinese communist official. They identified him, Chinese communist, they gave his rank. Could you imagine that? Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. I, I, I mean, I actually can, because I almost wouldn't expect anything less from them. Um, Jimmy, thank you. Uh, really great call. And we'll continue with your calls, everybody. After the break, what do you make? Should there be a boycott of China? For all these different reasons that we're talking about and the Olympics, as we're talking about, they got underway. And boy, is it just one big dog and pony show. And what do you think of Rand Paul, that it takes Rand Paul hoping that Congress, the Senate, goes into GOP hands so he can investigate the Wuhan lab and also Dr. Fauci. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Who could forget this exchange with Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci during the congressional hearings? Fireworks. Senator, we are here at a committee to look at a a virus now that has killed almost 900,000 people. And the purpose of the committee was to try and get things out, how we can help to get the American public. And you keep coming back to personal attacks on me that have absolutely no relevance to reality. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let a response me to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? I, do you think it's a great success what's happened well, so far? Do you think you, the lockdowns are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the right. government. And now 800,000 people have died. Wow. 
And now today, the new total is 900,000. That's astounding. What are your thoughts about boycotting the Olympics? And what are your thoughts of the fact that it takes basically the Senate to turn into GOP hands for someone to really investigate Fauci and the Wuhan lab? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael in Queens. Michael, your thoughts? Rita, I'm appalled that the United States would have anything to do with any communist nation. And it really disturbs me that Americans are so happy to spend $1,500 for a phone that's made in China for $25. And we're building their middle class while we're shrinking our own. And at this pace, within 50 to 100 years, the United States won't even exist anymore. You know what? That is really a sad testament, but you're right in terms of all the products and everything else we get, like you just said. And uh, and Michael, my father fought the communists. My father is a Polish resistance fighter. So when I hear communism, my back, my spine goes up. So I appreciate so much of what you're saying. And I think you're right. We have to protect America. We have to buy America and we have to support America. Let's go to Eric in Manhattan. Eric, your thoughts about all this. What do you think? Well, about the, uh, I can barely speak, I'm so angry, about Nancy's statement. Um, remember I, I, I said to you, um, I could see Joe Biden reprimanding our athletes for making some kind of statement. And now she's so mobbed up. This is, she, she sounds like, a, this is like extortion. Oh, you better not say anything. You know, we might get hurt. Something could happen, you know. I, I think she could be jeopardized. What's your opinion? I want to know what you think. She could be jeopardizing our athletes. Because- I, I do, too. She's she's sort of incentivizing and, and showing she should have said, you know, and by the way, if you're going to say that, say it something to them privately. But I also think that there's some reason she's afraid to go after China. There's some reason they are afraid to go after China. Um, the Democratic Party in many ways. Is it money? Is it information they have? What is it? You know, the you know, and again, for people who seem to care so much, as they say, for human rights, and then you have a country that has the Uyghurs, which are being oppressed, as we just heard from Gordon Chang, that they actually have a crematorium between two of their slave labor camps. I, I mean, I, it doesn't get any worse. You know, it's I mean, you know, we you know, when you think about it, you think of obviously the Holocaust. I mean, there's so many of these moments that is just it's heartbreaking to hear these stories that are coming out of there. So I agree with you. I think that there's something more to the story. And why are they crickets? Maybe it's financial incentive. Uh, and how sad is that? Let's go to Norman in Tuxedo Park. Go ahead, Norman, real quick, Norm. Uh, hi, Rita. I just wanted to say that the, the world, not just the United States, missed a great opportunity, just like in uh, 1936, by sending people of great athletes to China. Yeah, you're right. You know, Norm, you're absolutely right. And and I think, just as you're saying, history is going to look at this moment and see what did we do? Did we stand up? Was Enes Cantor Freedom, the basketball player, one of the only people that had a set of guts, a set of cojones on and off the you know court? You know, shame on those people who have been silent. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens there in the next few weeks. Have a great weekend, everybody, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.